Good evening. Howdy. Welcome. I hope you're all doing well. Never mind my out of focus face. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're all doing well this evening. It is Sunday night, so you know what that means. It is another installment of Iron City by Night. This time is chapter six, World Keeps Turning. Grab your water, grab your drink, grab a snack, grab someone to snuggle up to if you got them. And let's get ready for the next episode of Iron City by Night. Last time, on Iron City by Night, session five, Better Hell. The Coterie was all made aware of a fire and a potential murder that happened near underneath the WBRC building, or uh, sign up on Red Mountain beneath Vulcan. So after settling some personal things that were going on, they all gathered together and made their way towards the scene taking on various personas and having a run-in with Sheriff of the Camarilla, Jada Velasco, they were able to get entrance into uh, the scene and uh, investigate a little bit of the evidence, talk to the first responders there, and investigate the body of one Ian Morris, who had been torpored, flayed, and seemingly placed to be found by our investigators. After a collection of some very interesting evidence, including a white calla lily, a bag of some sorts containing the belongings to Ian Morris, the Ventru Whip, and learning a little bit more about the scene, our coterie decided to head out. But that wasn't before our very own Altair started to have some of the some of the side effects of being a Malkavian start to show through a little bit of had a, had a, a panic attack of sorts, um, which led to our caitiff Aaron to have a attack of a different kind. To, to, to start feeling a little bit aggravated. And it led to a flaring up of feelings and emotions that kind of put a sour note in the Coterie's tune um, as they all went their separate ways towards their own havens and Aaron to make a drop off of sorts. There in which we saw a hawk leave the scene of the crime that had been supposedly watching the Coterie and fly back towards a nondescript building in downtown Birmingham, landing on its owner, and another shadowy element was revealed. A gentleman wearing a very nice tailored suit, a very nice tailored jacket, with tattoos of octopus tentacles beneath the eyes and a double like a bearded, double-bearded axe on his back, supposedly with plans for the city of Birmingham. Now, I checked with all the Coterie members, and it seems that none of them, except for Aaron, had anything to do with the rest of their evening. So we're going to kind of fast-pass some things here a little bit. Aaron, you went ahead and made a, a phone call to the Seneschal, Gregory Reuters, and 
let him know, and it was a very quick phone call, but you let him know that you had something that you wanted to drop off for him to investigate, to check out. He gave you an address. Um, it was a, like a random dim sum joint, Chinese joint, that was on the southern side of downtown, away the not great side, near Alabama Power, where they have their offices. Um, and just a rinky-dink Chinese joint, has the neon dragon in the window, says delivery, open, even though the business was completely closed. Uh, it just seems like they don't turn their neon lights out once they're done with business for the day. Seemingly to provide a little bit of light for these, these, these dark streets. Um, told you to leave it underneath the mailbox. It's outside. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm assuming you go ahead and do that. Remind me what else was in the bag. There was a boot, a size 8 Chelsea boot from an Italian uh, cobbler. There were the clothes that belonged to Ian Morris, all very finely tailored clothes. Um, there was the skin, mm. supposed Ian Morris yep. with a message on it that just said unfit, not fit for a crown. You know, not fit yep. for the blood, but in different languages um, as well. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I, everything that's in it, um, I just tuck it up and stick it under the mailbox, and then... We're off into the it. night? Uh, yeah, well, technically I have um, Altair's car. That's right, you do have Altair's car. So I will take that car, mm -hmm. park it, at the, um, I believe it was a museum. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the, 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 it's, uh, the McWayne Science Center for kids. Thank you, the Science Center. Mm -hmm. Um, park it next to where my motorcycle is and then take my motorcycle. And I am going to go find somewhere secluded to spend the evening. Go ahead and or give me. Day. Yeah, let me go ahead and grab. Go ahead and, and roll for me here. Mm -hmm. Since you're not going back to where you to um, Madeline's nope. and you don't have your own place right now. I don't, um, but I do have a sunbag. You do have a sunbag, yes. So go ahead and roll me a wits and survival check for me real quick. Okay. I can I have a minus one difficulty. Mm-hmm. Three success. Three successes. Alright. The best thing about Birmingham, Alabama, is that even though it's a city, it's in Alabama. It's, it, it, is a, it is a bubble of progress and culture and a sea of rural fields and hills and mountains and everything. Um, so there is a weird juxtaposition once you get near the city lines, the city proper lines, once you get into all the suburb suburbs like over the mountain like Hoover and Spain Bark and heaven forbid Mountain Brook. There's, there's these weird mixture of like it's still city but there's also nature and there's like there's trees everywhere. And you find a place that's near Five Points, near Liners, but it's in the Glen Iris neighborhood. Um, it's very dark. There's not a lot of lamps, uh, street lamps. There's not a lot of, it's mostly houses and apartments for college students in this area. It's very dark and you find, uh, Glen Iris Park, uh, which was a park a long time ago, but it has since been turned. It was a park in the middle of all these big Southern homes. 
Um, but since then, through being afraid of urban development and everything, these big homes have gated and chained off Glen Iris Park. So it is now essentially their own private personal park. You find an opening in their wrought iron fence keeping all the riffraff out of this, and you wheel your motorcycle in through this hole. It's seemingly a place where there used to be a shrub that was growing, mm. and they just decided not to cut it out or anything like that. It was probably like an azalea bush at one point, but it has since died. It has lost all will to live, and it's very easy for you to like kind of chop through a little bit and make a hole for your bike. Um, and there is a couple of Spanish moss trees and uh, willows around, uh, and you find one that's big. It's very big, and it's in the backyard of this person's house, but their backyard is so massive, and there's a hill going up towards where you think might be their pool. They would never, ever notice that you're there. And you find a nice little... It seems like the, the tree trunk has formed a hole where something used to be. And you realize it was probably like a grave plot or something that this tree had grown around. And they had taken it out. They had moved the bodies out. And so it left this nice little hole. And so you grab your sun bag and you tuck it into this hole. It was made for you. No one else. And you tuck your bag into it. And you grab a couple of, like, branches and everything. And if you could take a deep breath, you would... And you zip up your bag, and you sit and you wait for sleep yep. to take you. I'm used to this. I'm assuming the rest of you are going home. Madeline, his house is just down the street. You drop books and Watson off at nearby his apartment. Unless books, you have her roll up to the front door. Yeah, I think it would probably be nearby. Like I wouldn't mm -hmm. um, go straight to the the front of it. Excellent. And I know we're kind of just rolling through and everything like that, but is it an awkward car ride? Is everybody quiet? Madeline hasn't said a single word. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, Altair's not really much of a conversationalist himself, so. Um, books you and Watson get out of the back seat, and I just assume just like awkwardly like wait by <laughs> yeah. and as soon as you're out of the car Madeline tears off uh, Altair where is Madeline taking you uh, to his own haven your own er, haven yes to his own haven and I imagine Altair has a very secure very like just, just so nobody can mess with Altair it's in the hospital district um, down by UAB, one of those new, like, condominiums that spring up, you know, when gentrification rolls on through. And it's mm -hmm. a very secure place. There's no windows. It's one of the inner, like, apartments where they're, like, and the, 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 the real estate, the realtor was like, we can get you a balcony and everything. And Altair's like, that won't be necessary. Don't need it. Don't need it. That won't be necessary. And you got a really good deal on it. Well, that's good. But it's got like a taco mama and all these other like it's it like the white but let's do Asian food or Mediterranean food, but it's owned by a white guy <laughs> and it's hip. <laughs> uh it's got a bunch of those on the bottom floor. Um 
And when you direct Madeline, do you direct the general area or do you tell Madeline where to drop you off? Um, I think, I think he, he just tells her where to drop him off. I don't think he's, I think he's maybe a little too trusting in that regards. Got it. Got it. Um, so. Drop Altair off. Madeline, do you book it on out of there as soon as Altair's out of the car? Oh, yeah, immediately. Yeah. She doesn't say anything. Uh, uh. Just immediately hauls ass out of there. Uh, and you go up to your apartment. And for now, we won't explore what Altair's haven is like. That comes later. Madeline, I'm assuming you're driving back to your haven pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Driving back, um, parking in the garage next to the other car, putting the tarp over this one as well, mm -hmm. so both cars are fully covered, mm -hmm. and just storming inside and going straight to bed. Straight to bed. All of you. Seemingly, even though you're monsters yourself, somewhat shaken by what you've discovered this evening, as almost at the same time, each of you are pulled into a deep slumber. The next day for us mortals is Monday. It's the start of the work week. People get up, they go to work, ready for the holidays. As soon as Halloween is over, the onslaught of Christmas music has increased. Holiday lights start going up around the city, wreaths hanging up on, on uh, lamp poles in the hospital district. Uh, it's annoying to some. People go about their day, but nevertheless, it's getting close to the winter months, so that means it gets darker faster. And right around 6 p.m., as the sun finally crests its immense and dangerous rays beneath the shadows of the mountains and the valley that you're in, you all wake up at once. Eyes open. What's the first thing each of you are going to do with this new day? Because this is a very special day, especially for books, because this is the day that you have to present your findings to one Prince Alexander Silverson. And this is also the day that books has to make a decision. If books is going to have his place in the Camarilla, and if he is going to rely on the three of you to be his shepherds into his own life, or if he is going to accept a different fate and meet final death respectfully and with open arms. Well, first, I'm going to make a rouse check and see how... Oh, I'm that's right. Out. We do need a rouse check from everybody. That's what I was going to say. I should have kept my mouth shut. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I failed, so I am up one hunger. I'm surprised not everybody in the chat yelled for mouse check. It was only also person. failed. So I'm at hunger three. Fail. Fail. Hunger I three. I succeeded. Succeed. I also succeeded. Succeed. Wow, look at you guys go. <laughs> All right. So Madeline, you are at hunger two, correct, Mundo? And Altair is at hunger three. And Aaron and Books, what hungers are you at? I'm at two. Two? Also at two. Two. So we got three twos and a three. Oh, you love to see it. You love to see it. All right. 
All right, let me go ahead and start my notes here with that little nugget of information. Excellent. All right. Okay. So let's just kind of go in the round books. Is there anything that uh, you're, you're essentially going to be waiting for a call here um, to be summoned and you don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but you're just, you're waiting on a call. Um, but is there anything that is pressing to you that you think that you could be able to sneak in before you have to have this meeting? Um, I guess, um, I, I, I never, I don't think I ever, um, talked to the others about what the information that they were able to find. Mm -mm. Um, so I think I would probably at this point just just like text pretty much anybody that I like have in my phone who I saw at liner on Halloween. Okay. And, and just, just text kind of like, I don't, I don't want it to sound like intense or anything, but something like there was a, there was a woman at the club wearing the corset had like blue violet hair do you know who that is i'll probably put like a smiley smiley face at the end um, it, like a winky smooth. face or something let's go ahead and roll me a streetwise and charisma check there for me there books uh two all right two okay i'm gonna take that in and you send that text out you roll the two and we will see what fruitful endeavors come of it i think i also will text um the group the group chat okay and i think i'll just put do any of you know this kid named malcolm okay so each of you and this is a great uh for each of you as you wake up and you're feeling certain bits of hungry altair the beast was is not kind to you right now uh, the room feels small, and you're feeling hungry. Uh, but you do get a phone message, as does each of you, from books in the group chat that says, Do any of you know this guy named Malcolm? I'm going to say, Books, do you give a description of him or send a picture, or do you just let it ride with just that? Just the first name. I'll probably say, um, do you know this guy, Malcolm? Um, you may have seen me talking to him at Liner briefly. And I, um, I guess I'll give like a brief description. Give him tall. Yeah. Looks like a washout. Um, looks like he works in a kitchen. Uh, give a description of the clothes that he was wearing that night. And, in fact... That does, ding, 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 Aaron, that matches exactly the description of the guy that you saw talk to the purple-haired woman in the corset mm -hmm. at Liner. Yep, and I remember seeing Books talking to. Mm -hmm. As well, Madeline, you do remember seeing Books talk to him. Um, 
Altair and Madeline, go ahead and roll me a streetwise and uh, intelligence roll. Ah, yes, streetwise, that thing that I'm very good at. Street smarts. Ooh, there's a low roll for me. Um, zero two successes. successes. Zero successes and two successes. Um, Madeline. No fucking clue. Mm. Have no. There's no nope. reason why you would fucking know who this burnout is. I was gonna send a uh, emoji of a girl doing this. <laughs> Got it. Altair. It's from a long time ago. By a long time ago, it's like been like three years. That's what a long time ago. Not a long, oh. long time ago, but three years ago. Still a significant mm -hmm. amount of time. You remember. Just off of that description, it's like a, like the memory was plucked out of like the web of time and just placed in your brain. You remember bumping into said guy at a blood bank. He was volunteering his time, just doing the basic grabbing snacks and everything and cleaning up after everything, like grab you know, refreshing the, the the where they're taking the plasma and the blood you know refreshing the seat covers on that and grabbing snacks and orange juices for people like that nothing intensive where he was like putting needles and stuff like that but he sticked out because he looked like he didn't belong there because he was he had at that point he had those you know dudes that go to festivals that what the, the white dudes with with dreadlocks that's like, why, why are you fucking doing this, man? It's not, 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 not the look. And he's wearing like the big slouch beanie and everything, but he was wearing scrubs and everything like that. But it stood out, it's like, that doesn't look like that's, that, that stand, stands out. And that's why it stands out because it's, it's one of those things where it's, this thing doesn't fit in this environment. Okay. Yeah. So I think, um, in the message, Altair will just relay that like hey i remember i think i remember this guy from like three years ago he was volunteering at a blood bank mm -hmm. um aaron do you message back uh question first all right so the previous night ended with me in a particularly pissy mood yeah thanks to a messy critical yep that will have worn off. Yeah, yeah, that, that lasted for the scene. Yep. So I, before I do that, I wake up, I'm like, fuck. You're in a tree. Yeah, I'm in a tree. And I'm an asshole. <sighs> and then I get that message. Yep. I just reply, yes. Yeah, he, I have tapes of him running into our um, purple-haired mystery woman from Liner. Dun, dun, dun. Can we meet up? Um, Drama in the yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just reply, sure. That's an affirmative from books. Madeline, Altair. That was is... all in the group chat? Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, is this in a group chat? Yeah, it's all in the group chat. Madeline just closes her phone and throws it against the bed. Uh, I think Altair says, I, what does he say? He says, do you, do you still have my car? Question mark. 
It's in a safe place. I'll need a ride. How do you feel about motorcycles? They're very dangerous. <laughs> I can pick you up. Oh, great. Okay. I think we'll just be like, okay. All right. So, and then I reply, address question mark. I think to Aaron, he will give a like a nearby like street corner or something. Yeah, mood. Got it. Uh, gives you. Uh, it's it's called Rotary Trail. Um, it's a uh, just a walking bicycling path that's in the heart of the city that runs around uh, runs alongside the uh, the train tracks and everything. Um, <laughs> so. There's that. Um, anybody have any suggestions on where to meet up for books' sake? And allegedly Madeline's, even though Madeline has Madeline tossed, has taken the phone. Madeline picked her phone back up, set it to vibrate because she doesn't want to be checking the chat, but wants to know if there are messages coming in. And she's put it in her pocket and gone to the dining room to get rid of that one hunger. Ooh, oakley dokely. Madeline. So she she's still getting messages. Mm -hmm. She's just intentionally not replying. You do hear it like the you feel the vibrations and stuff as you take the walk, and it's it's a short walk this time. It's almost like the labyrinth is kind of feeling for you a bit. Uh, the labyrinth understands sometimes. Sometimes it's cruel, but sometimes it understands, and it takes you directly to the dining room, and it is exactly how you had left it. The night previous, there's the the body that is slouched against the wall with the IV bag in it. And there is that empty operating table. Yep. So uh, are you going to go ahead and uh, drink on up? Yep. Uh, first, I'm going to actually, the person who is out, mm -hmm. I'm going to put them back in their box carefully, mm -hmm. check their vitals real quick, just make sure everything stayed fine as I thought, mm -hmm. and yeah. then I will drink from the good box. Based on, yeah, based on your previous role, everything's fine, how you did it, you did a good job, uh, everything's secured, and then you go over to the good box, and you go ahead, and I'm assuming it's a... You just drink it from the line, almost like it's a crazy straw coming out of yep. the box. Yep. So you go ahead and just grab the line and you uncork it and you know where to hold the pressure point and when your mouth is ready, you drink. Mm -hmm. And uh, are you going to fully drink or are you no. going to- I'm going okay. back down to one from two. All right, excellent, yeah. So you're only at two, so I'm not gonna make the beast you know, no willpower checks or anything like that, but that beast is just like, come on, no one's, no one's missed them. Not one bit. But that's why we have a steady supply. That's why you have a steady supply. And you go ahead and you take that, you pinch it off again, close the line, double check the vitals, make sure everything's good, and you feel still technically dead mm -hmm. and just close the box lock it back up push it back up against the wall with the others 
-hmm. put the tarp over it. And I'm going to go wander the labyrinth. I think my joke has gone on long enough. Excellent. Go ahead and just give me a wits and survival check for me real quick. And survival. The rest of you, where are you all meeting up? <laughs> that would be uh, five successes, all critical. Ooh. Oh, well, <laughs> well then. Oh, dear. That'll be the best roll I make mm -hmm. all night. All right. So, doesn't take long because you can hear the asshole before you see him. He's coughing. He's like, you just hear him say, he's like, there's gotta be something anywhere. He's these fucking doors. This fucking. Uh, I gotta make a roll, actually. <laughs> he, you see him off in the distance, a silhouette. Your eyes are adjusted. And he's just wandering wildly. And like, even if you could be running right towards him and he wouldn't even notice you because he's like leaned up against like the, the, the drippy mossy brick. And you see he's like, <laughs> like sucking into probably a, a rat that he's been holding on to for the past couple of hours. Um, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> you're free Buzzle, darling why are you here and he turns towards you and he goes you fucking how do I get the fuck out of here is that uh, Madeline I thought I sent you home ages ago what the fuck are you still doing in my haven I tried to get out of here but it's every which fucking way it's like a fucking maze down here okay. and there's it's fucking, not my fault I don't fucking I don't fucking where's, did you just find me did you know I've been down here this whole time no, I was heading out to go socialize, I guess. He I didn't know you were still down here. I thought you left. He looks rough. He's smeared in dirt and Oh yeah, everything. Madeline's suppressing a smile. He is like covered in like this goop from the rat. He's holding the rat that he's been like nomming You're into. You're eating fucking rats, Laszlo! There's nothing fucking else down here. I thought I saw somebody down here when I was that was about four hours ago. And I was just like starving and waiting. I thought I saw somebody. You've got fucking ghosts down here, Madeline. There's fucking ghosts yeah, down here. Yeah, to, welcome to Sloth's Furnace, the sugar. What? How? Wait, how long do you think you've been down here? Fuck, I don't know. It's been like, oh, I lost count at like three. Three days. <laughs> Honey, it's it's been a couple hours. What? A couple I, hours. No, no, no. I've been walking. I even slept you, at one point. Did you? Did you drink from somebody at a club, Laszlo? Is that what this is? I'm not judging. I just want to make sure if I need to drop you off somewhere. You know fucking well I drank somebody at a club when you fuckers pulled me. You just let me get. Is this some kind of fucking joke or something to you? No, I'm wanting to know what the fuck was in the blood you drank to make you think you've been down here for three goddamn days. I don't fucking know, man. I don't fucking know. It's just fucking. Oh my God, long. you whiny little shit. Let's go. Follow me. Follow me. <sighs> and then he's like, "I'm gonna lead him straight out, quickest way." The 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 
Freddy Krueger outfit looking tattered and torn more so than when you uh, when you let him go down here. And he follows you like a sheep, like like Linus from from the, the Peanuts gang, just like sheepishly following you. And he's just like, I was gonna take him right to the door and go. See, it was right here. Go. I fucking, I fucking came to this right door before. No, it was just boiler rooms. It was just boiler rooms, and there was clanging. Honey, please stop drinking from people doing Molly. I swear to God. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Go home. And then you just see him just, like, like, he goes and runs to the door, and then he, like, peeks open. And then makes sure that there's no, like, sunlight. Like, you're not playing another tr prank on him. And he looks back <laughs> at you, and he goes, You're a fucking asshole. And then he, like, runs out. The second he does, Madeline's just gonna lean against the door frame and just fall out laughing the second he's out mm. of earshot. She needed that. Uh, the rest of you, where are you all meeting up at? Books, you know a lot of places around town. You've 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 you spent your town. What would be a good place to meet around people? Um, if you want to suggest, or you could all just meet up at the, like normal like liners or something of or another. Um, I would probably suggest uh, like somewhere nearby, like walking distance from my apartment. Um, okay. Just like, I don't know if we want to meet at a bar or something like that. That would probably be the best bet. And since it's like about six thirty p.m. Uh, on a Monday, there's not a not a lot of a crowd. Um, so there is, if you want to make sure that there's nobody around, there's Black Market on Five Points. If you wanna, there's also a pizza joint. There's Little Italy's. Um, there's uh there's McFly's bird shop. There's the hive, which is like just recently opened. You got a handful of joints around here. You can go to yeah. the, the upside down plaza. There's definitely nobody hanging out around. It's 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 six thirty PM. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'll probably just suggest um Yeah, we can maybe um, probably, I'll just say, like, black market seems fine. I mean, unless you're looking for something more discreet or whatever. Um, in the, and, and also, Madeline, you see that, you see their, their, their former, like, text blocks that you had missed when you were dealing with Laszlo, and then you get another vibrate as you're laughing and, like, Enjoying the night air kind of coming in from the door and everything and it's it, it's a nice night it's, it's 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 what a summer night should feel like but it's in November it's 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 cool it's 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 not lukewarm it's not humid or anything there's a nice breeze going on uh, and you see books suggest black market in five points um, and then he drops like a like a pin it's right in five points it's down the street from liner um, so yeah. I'm gonna go, but not tell them I'm going. Excellent. Um, with that, Aaron, you gather your sun bag, you sneak mm -hmm. off, uh, out of the sight of gardeners. Yep. Um, and you wheel your motorcycle out to the street, rev it, go to pick up Altair. Yep. 
I, dr- I drive straight there. Um, I check the pin mm-hmm. that book sent um, and just kind of map it in my head. Got it. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and I th- I actually, I think you're, yeah, I think you'd actually be pretty good with that. Just mapping it anyways. Um, it it kind of, it kind of like it, it lines up with liner and some other landmarks that you've gotten used to since your past couple days here. Okay. Um, uh, Altair, you make sure without even being noticed, um, that your, uh, So you're not noticed when you walk out. Um, when you're leaving, you get another text message. Oh, okay. Well, he'll check his phone on his way out. It's from Reese. Oh, okay. What's it say? Reese says it's 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 like you can tell it's one of those where it's. It wants to be a little bit more, but it's just like a, hey, how was your Halloween? I hope it was fun. Mine was all right. Um, just checking in. It's been a while. And it's like one of those, like, I want to say more, but not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think on his way to uh, wherever he told Aaron to meet him up, he'll text back. Um, hey, my... Halloween has been, past couple of days have been kind of crazy, uh, busy. Um, we should meet up sometime soon. Immediately. Yeah, time and place. When and where. Immediately text it back. Um, <laughs> Altair's like a, a little taken aback by how quickly that mm-hmm. was. Um, and I think he will say, um, I've got some things to figure out tonight, but I'll let you know soon. Look forward to it. And then there's the, the typing, like the three dots after the look forward to it, type, typing, and then it just goes away. I think Altair just sends, like, as he's, like, getting to the meeting place, he just, like, sends, like, a smiley emoji. Just, like, just a simple smiley emoji. And he'll put his phone away and wait for Aaron. Excellent. Books. Um, As you're getting ready, Watson is sleeping soundly on his his cat tower that you've kind of assembled. Um, it's not a proper cat tower, but it's like a series of boxes and stuff with like blankets and towels on it that you like home. The homie just likes to hang out on. It's, it's by a window where there's like a little, he can get like a little bit of sunlight kind of, but like, it seems like he's just been sleeping while you're sleeping. Uh, are you going to leave Watson here? Or are you going to bring Watson with you? I think I'll probably... I, I think I'll probably leave them this uh-huh. time. So I'll just be like, um, um, I'm going out for a bit, Watson. I'll be back a little later. Um, I don't know, different places are weird about animals. So we'll just uh, we'll let you stay home for now. When you start talking to him, he perks his head up a little bit from his nap. His ears kind of twitching a little bit. And he just stares at you. 
And then almost in reply, he gives a soft meow and then goes and like licks by the front of his leg and then nestles back up in his in his little towel fortress that he has made. And you go ahead and you make your way out of your apartment down the street towards Black Market. Um, and kind of speed up everything else along, Aaron, you scoop up Altair. Altair, uh, it's a motorcycle. Um, has Altair ever been on a motorcycle before? <laughs> I, you know, I don't think so. Okay, so when I pull up, I actually stop the bike and turn it off for a second. Okay. Uh, Aaron is not wearing his usual leather jacket. <clears throat> and he fishes around in a pocket and pulls out the key fob for the Prius and extends it and says, I am sorry. That was uncalled for. The situation got the better of me and hands you the keys. I'll take you to pick that up later. Thank you, Altair. Um, he has this kind of like knowing expression on his face, just like, yeah, I knew like you'd come around, but he, he, he doesn't say as much, but it, mm -hmm. the expression says that. And he says, um, it's okay, uh, thanks. And he'll like take the keys and put them in his pocket. Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron gets off the bike and pops the seat up and pulls another helmet out. Mm -hmm. um, you can see his leather jacket's folded up in there, um, as well as the gun he had in the shoulder holster. And he pops that closed, locks it, which, and then hands you the helmet and says, you ever ridden a bike? No. Hold on. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and climbs back on the bike and starts it and waits for you. Yeah, and Altair will... will... <laughs> Put on the helmet, get on, riding bitch, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap his arms like around Darren. Hold on for dear life. Yeah. And Aaron, more cautiously than he would ride with anyone else, drives over to the black market uh, that he mapped where it was in his head earlier. Soft kickoff, you do a pull Yui. And you start heading up towards 20th Street. Madeline, are you taking the four-door sedan, or are you taking the the caddy? I think it's I, caddy. I am going to take the bicycle. Going to take the bicycle. Okay. Nice little... Because I don't want to be seen with the sedan right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. And uh, you're gonna get on your bicycle. You're gonna get on your bikes and ride over to Black Market, um, which is it's 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 it. It takes about thirty minutes to get over there um, from Sloss Furnace to Black Market, uh, just because you're having to deal with traffic more or less or anything like that. Um, it would be a shorter bike trip if you didn't have to do with tra deal with traffic. Uh, but you do have the rotary trail to help out and everything. So you get on to the rotary trail, you get off and almost seemingly, almost by fate or fortune have it, um, you hear a motorcycle rough in the distance as you're coming out of the rotary trail entrance onto 20th Street and making your way up Black Market. Um, books. In the time that you have 
gotten to black market, you've gotten a series of text messages. People being like, oh, Books is looking for a lady. Stuff like that. Thing, a lot of them that are not helpful. Uh, somebody asks, I hope you didn't catch anything. Um, if that's why you're looking. I hope you didn't spread anything. I hope that's why you're looking. And then you get a reply from, did you text Malcolm as well, asking? Yeah. Malcolm says, oh, yeah, nah, really good looking chick. Um, uh, didn't have the didn't have the cojones to talk to her though, but uh, she she was looking right. And then you had another person said, um, one of your friends that you know from like going out and about in the bar scene, uh, says, I tried talking to her, but she wasn't interested in talking to me. She was looking for someone else. It seemed. That's the two responses that you got were helpful that were not suggesting you trying to find somebody to have relations with this woman or suggesting that there might have been a transmitted disease involved <laughs> or pregnancy. Okay. Um, I'll just, I'll text back um, both of them. Just um, know her name by chance. Okie dokie. As you send that text message, you hear a motorcycle pulling up, and you see probably the most ridiculous or the cutest image possible of Aaron rolling up, sans leather jacket, um, with a small framed person wearing a sweater that's almost too big for him, almost too big for him, clutching tightly onto the back with a tinted helmet. Just like looking, uh, you two see Aaron. Uh, you, we, we stopped. You can let go. Yeah, I mean, as soon as we stop, <laughs> and Altair is gonna like let go and get off. Timing wise, for all this, uh, I do want to know you don't want to be seen by anyone, correct, Madeline? Correct. Um, once I get close enough to the area, mm -hmm. I am going to put up Unseen Passage, so let me make the rouse check for that. Please. Uh, I fail, so I'm back up to Hunger 2. Back up to Hunger 2. Uh, it seems that even though you've had a good chuckle and a, a, a bite to eat, uh, the beast isn't letting go. The beast knows that there is unresolved tension in your body. And it is holding on to it for some reason. But, all, other than that, Unseen Passage works. Let me go ahead. Got it here, pulled up. Uh, yeah. So, you have the bike rolling. Um, and you see, as you're pulling up, like, across the street on the bike, you see Aaron and Altair getting off of Aaron's bike, Aaron grabbing out the, the helmet off of Altair's head, and books kind of seemingly amused on the sidewalk outside this joint. I am going to go over and just kind of hover. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and are the rest of you going inside? Uh, before we do, books, say hi. Um, what kind of place is this? Um, it's just like a 
bar slash restaurant pub food um that kind of thing cool okay and Aaron visibly relaxes a little bit when you walk inside the sign it says black market bar and grill five points location um and it's it's in a skull it's very stylized it's very cool and when you walk in you're assaulted by the sounds of glenn danzig wailing about saturday night and you see there are waitresses and servers there's servers walking around with with full arm sleeve tattoos with multicolored hair that look like they want to stab you and you see there are bartenders behind the bar that just look just look like they don't want to be there but some of them look pleasant but some of them don't look like they want to be there. And there's a ranges of knickknacks and horror movie memorabilia and comic books. It's kitschy as fuck, uh, but it's like it seems like it is accustomed towards the crowd that it's a mixture of hardcore, goth, rockabilly, comic books, and what have you. It, it seems like it's trying to be a lot of things at once. Um, Madeline is very happy she has Unseen Passage up right now. Mm -hmm. Aaron is very comfortable here. <laughs> uh, Madeline is extremely uncomfortable here. And it says, behind the bar, there's a sign that says, Welcome to Black Market, where it says, Great, it's good food, or like great, good food, great drinks, evil bartenders, things like that. Um, and you walk into this joint and. All three of you walk in, and there is a host at the host stand. It's a guy, wiry framed, glasses. Um, he's got the, the 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 undercut with like it's smoothed over and like slicked back, and it's been dyed red. And he's got a t-shirt that it has been cut off. It's probably not sanitary, but they really don't care. And he's got both arm sleeves and everything. He's got neck tats up to here, and he's like, "Oh, party of three. How can I help you all?" Booth. Booth? All right, all right. And he grabs three menus. He's like, follow me. And then um, he, like, passes, he leads you to a booth that's in the corner and spreads out three menus and goes, all right, my name's Chester if you need anything, but I won't be your server. That's going to be Ashley. Ashley can help you with anything that you need. Uh, and uh, can I start you off with waters, drinks for anybody, anything like that? I'll have a beer. Okay, beer for the gentleman. What kind of beer, though? Surprise me. I'm new to town. Oh, you're new to town. All right, I'll get you one of our craft beers, finest beers from, like, Trim Tab or something. You look like an earthy guy. Yeah, you look like an IPA kind of guy, not like a stout kind of guy, because I'm assuming you're going to be eating, right? All right. And then he, like, walks off. Uh, real um, quick, while we're in here, mm -hmm. I would like to make, if I can, what's an awareness to check for... The Susie and the Banshee looking girl that I saw before. Go ahead and give me a wits and awareness check. Okay. And sorry, whatever uh, Altair was about to say. Oh, I was going to say, do I see Madeline with my special eyes? Oh, shit. Do you have them up right now? I just assume they're always on. Okay. Seven, seven successes. Seven successes. Okay. Just assume they're always on. If you do, you see Madeline looking both scared and pissed off at the same time. Yeah, if you've got Since the Unseen on, 
then, yeah, you see Madeline, like, kind of following behind you all. Just, like, does not look happy to be here at all. Okay, I, Altair doesn't say anything, and he tries not to look like he's staring at one spot in particular, you know? He just, like, looks back. You all sit at the bar. Um, and how many successes was that, Madeline, for your... Seven. For a moment, you're looking around, you're scanning, you're like... You're like... Just in case, because it seems like the kind of place that she would be. And you almost think it's her that you see. And then you realize it's like, because you see like the back of the head and it's that teased out hair, that black hair, slight frame, leather jacket. And then turns and your heart almost skips a beat. Then you realize it's a dude that just looks like, like Omar from Mars Volta. Just like teased like, hair, like just like it's, it's a dude that's just got has like that similar frame and everything like that okay. for a moment. And Altair, you do see a, a, a sigh of relief come from Madeline. Uh, and you're all sitting here, Ashley, your server. She's got seem, seemingly a, a, a girl that has that has a grown up from her scene phase, but still has the remnants of it with the, the with the bracelets. And uh, the, the hair that has like black roots, like uh, and like the, the two tone dyeing job and everything like that on the hair. Uh, can I get anything for you three? Starting off, and then she's like, and then there's there's a beer for you, and it just says it's like trim tab IPA on it. Um, can I get like? I assume they have some kind of like loaded fries or something appetizer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was like, can I just get one of those for the table? She goes, all um, right. And I, I want to, um, I want to activate all. Okay. And I just want, I just want to say, hey, um, Ashley, was it? Yeah. So you go ahead and activate all, and yeah. you say, hey, Ashley, was it? Uh, and she immediately locks eyes with you. And I say, um, we're we're kind of having like a meeting, and we don't really want to be disturbed too much. Um, so, you know, don't worry about you know checking on us if if we need you. Um, I'll make eye contact with you, but I think we're good for the time being. Go ahead and roll manipulation presence for me. And all of you at the table, as soon as he says that, kind of turn and look at him almost. And it's like, you know, like e each of you know when somebody's putting on that, that, that awe, that, that, that presence. But it's, it's weird seeing it come from, from books where you're just like, you're like. Sharon straight up raised eyebrow like, mm -hmm. huh. You're like, is he? Okay. It's like, yeah, he does, he does have nice cheekbones, and he's got a good frame, and he does have a good voice. Like, I could listen to him talk all day. 
So mm -hmm. that's um, that's one success. Okay. But one of the one of the failures is the skull. Does that mean it's a? <laughs> so you say that, and she looks at you, and like each of you notice that she's like putty in Books's hands right now. And when he smiles at the end, like smiles toward her, seemingly all without him noticing, his, his teeth have turned very lupine-esque, very wolf-like. And like, he just like gives like that, that like cartoon wolf flashy grin. And like, she's like, she's like right there with you books. Like, you could tell her to do anything, and she would do it for you. And then she sees those teeth, and then her, like, her eyes go wide, and she goes, oh, Okay, yeah, I'll just get the kitchen sink fries, and then um, we'll leave you alone. And she, like, looks... She goes from being, like, like in, like, fully on board to scared. And then she, like, turns, and she, like, hurries off. We saw her looking a little mm -hmm. scared. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. She went like almost immediately. Like. Okay, that's probably fine. It's okay. Fine. It's fine. I sit down in the uh, the booth with my back in the corner. Have um. Earlier, have you heard from Madeline? I haven't, no. Uh, no, I haven't. I can mm. message her if you want. Nope. I pull out my phone. Pull out your phone? Scroll to P. Okay. And tap on that contact. Okay. And just text her and say, can we talk later? You said, can we talk later? Uh, Aaron, mm -hmm. can you go ahead and roll me a... Actually, everybody at the table, can you go ahead and roll me a wits and awareness check? You've got your phone on vibrate, correct, Madeline? And it's on your person. Got it. Altair probably even has this moment where he, like... You got that... that, that... Looks over to where <laughs> you're like, you're like... It's like... Uh... <laughs> Five successes? That's four for me. Four? Um, messy crit with four. Oh, no. So <laughs> Guys, help. Someone help my poor boy. <laughs> so it's very quick. And if you weren't kindred, you wouldn't hear it. But you just hear a... From next to books... But like at the edge of the table, like like where like nobody was sitting in the booth or anything like that. Like books had like sm like slid sl slid in and everything like that. Seemingly like you were waiting for Madeline. There was a spot for Madeline there that you were you were providing, and you just all three hear a. The just... second that it vibrates, Madeline's like. And Altair, you see that, you see Madeline react to that, and you're like, it's almost like. You're connected, and you start feeling embarrassed mm -hmm. for Madeline, and you start like, you're like, oh no, this would, how would I feel? 
in this? How would I feel in this situation? And you're like, and you start like, you start just like kind of like fiddling with like the placemat at the table and you realize that there's like comic books underneath the table. And then so for the rest of the scene, Altair, you're going to try to do your best to take the conversation away from Madeline at any point. If it brings up Madeline, you're, you're trying to save her from this embarrassment. You're trying to cover for her because you understand. So, 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 so at any point, if, if Madeline is brought up, then you're going to try to deflect. Perfect. Mm hmm. Hmm. Okay. Out. This is all out loud, by the way. Huh. Okay. All right. Cool. Anyway, I just pointedly look where I heard the vibration come from mm -hmm. for a second. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> you, I gesture towards books are supposed to meet with Silverson tonight yes are you ready to do that I guess as ready as possible I mean it's not like I'm looking forward to it understandably um, did you make a decision that's all they're going to care about yeah, I don't. I mean, there's. I mean, I. <laughs> it's just. It seems weird to me that this is being um, presented to me like a real decision. Um, Isn't it? <sighs> I've been in your shoes a lot. A lot. It's not. I mean, you have a choice, but you don't have a choice. So, I mean, you can leave. But that's not really a choice. Yeah, I'm... Um, I'll, do the, uh, I'll do the thing that keeps me alive. Mm -hmm. And if I figure something else out that seems to have a better shot at doing that then I'll probably do that but uh, at this point it just seems to be a choice between continuing to live and not continuing to live and I'd like to continue to live I think everything you said was a very smart choice I make a point of saying everything you said <sighs> kind of look over at Altair glance for a second where I'm pretty sure Madeline is sitting or standing. <sighs> anyway, um, I dropped off the bag with someone who can uh, do a better job than me at identifying it. Um, I, because of all that shit and me being a fucking asshole, um, I didn't get a chance to contact the people I know about the other item, which is so I still need to do that before we meet with him or I can lie 
and say, I have done it and I'm waiting on a response. I am comfortable doing that as long as the rest of you are. It's not a lie. I'm going to. I just haven't had a chance to. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's not smart to, to, to lie to the prince. Is there a problem if I do? I've already done it more than once. I just would, wouldn't want to see something bad happen to you is all. I appreciate that, but I'll be okay. Altair, you see that eye roll from Madeline? <laughs> yeah, you see, like, Altair's gaze just kind of, like, flicker over to where Madeline is for a second. Um, mm-hmm. I say that. I'm like, mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of other information, but I think we should wait for uh, someone before we yeah, do anything else. Yeah, we can wait until we, we, we you know, we, we talk everyone together. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And Altair keeps on saying, till we're all together, you know, till we're all here, till each of us here, and you know, we're present all, all and everything. Together. All of us together. And just like making it a point. One big happy family. At one big happy family, each of your phones go, each of your phones go, and you all get a message. Each of the three of you can see, you get a message. Madeline, do you pull your phone out as well? Um, at the second, uh, mm-hmm. Madeline becomes very hyper aware, and at the next person that leaves the pub, she's going to go outside and behind the building to check her phone. Got it. Um, which will drop my unseen passage. Yeah. Uh, you all get a message, and then you see the the Omar looking motherfucker stand up and start walking with like a cigarette in uh in his hand and there's a door nearby y'all's booth that leads out to like a like a a patio area and he goes ahead and opens it up and you slip out of the booth and you walk outside and then you go over to the edge by where there's like some garbage cans and you pull out your phone unseen passage and each of you have a text message and it's from an unlisted number, and it says, You are cordially invited to a private VIP exclusive viewing of Gone with the Wind at Alabama Theater this evening at 9 p.m. Central. Cool. And there you have it. No dress code necessary. Consider this your ticket. Food and drink will be provided. Bring your best thinking cap, for there will be trivia at intermission. Have a great day, and it's signed the staff at Alabama Theater. So stupid. Yep. Um, or for the text that I got earlier, the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it that sent that one? Was that Altair? It was, or? It was, no, it was uh, Aaron. It was Aaron. Send it directly to you. It was in the group chat. Oh, okay. Uh, 
Aaron is going to quickly get a reply of a middle finger emoji. Mm-hmm. And to the group chat, Madeline will send, was that blast text important? I think Altair will just text back. Um, I think that we all need to go. I'll reply with okay. And while while Altair has his phone out, he is going to message Aster. Okay. Does Aster have a cell phone? I think he does. I can't remember. Yeah, yes, yes, Aster it. has yeah, Aster has a cell phone, yes. Um and just say Um Gosh, what does he say? Like I've got an important meeting tonight. Um I'll see you later or something like that <laughs> something super awkward and short like that couple of seconds go by and then you get a go get him tiger <laughs> gosh great so madeline do you walk back inside uh given my appearance no okay but i will go uh, I will go park myself on Aaron's motorcycle. Got it. You go away on Aaron's motorcycle. The three of you inside. Is there anything else you wish to discuss? I have a lot of information. Within this time, Chester has Chester has come by and dropped off the kitchen sink fries, the loaded fries. It seems that they have everything on there. And he goes, hey, I just want to make sure that everybody's okay here and everything like that, you know? Like, everybody okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how some people just, like, can come ac- unintentionally come across a little intimidating? I think that happened. I apologize. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I get it. I completely get it and stuff like that. And he does, like, the... Like the, I want to pat you on the back, but I don't. But he's like trying to bow up to impress the girl that he works with at the bar that he works at. Um, but like, he's like, you know, like if you need anything else, just come find me, come get me, you know, lock eyes with me. If you need anything, I'll be more than happy to take care of it. You, uh, you enjoy those loaded fries. All right. Can I get you another beer there, buddy? I'm good for now. Thanks. All right. And then he goes and walks off. I have a lot of information, but not a lot of leads. So a lot of stuff we can say is in progress. What about you two? Altair will look at books first. Um, I didn't really get anything useful. Um, didn't truly have a lot of time. It seems like we were... Yeah, this was a very short timetable. Yeah. Um, I asked around. No one really seems to know you that a, much. You get a text message as soon as you say, I asked around, and goes, Oh, yeah. Purple hair chick's name? Natalia. Oh, and I look at it, and I'm like, um, Well, somebody says that they know this purple-haired woman's name. I don't know if you've already figured that out. 
Uh, no. Add was that was one of the things I was working on. Well, um, you said that that was that text from Malcolm. Malcolm. Or the other, the other, okay. Yeah, Malcolm. So yeah, um, it's it's from you know that kid that I messaged you all about earlier. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really know his deal. Um, sometimes he seems like he's full of shit, but then sometimes he seems like he knows yeah. more than he should know. So this, yeah. this information comes from him, so you can take that how you will. Speaking of your friend Malcolm, um, he's on the tapes that I found from Liner. And he ran into our purple-haired friend, and she was not super excited to see him. Any clue why that might be? I mean, beyond the fact that he's kind of obnoxious, I don't know. Okay. Go ahead, books. Roll a composure and persuasion check for me, and roll a wits insight check for me, Aaron. is typically with his demeanor is like very cool calm relaxed yeah he knows something else there's something else about this Malcolm guy that he's not letting on to okay he doesn't know what but he knows a little bit more about this Malcolm guy I don't react I just gotta go okay I'll file that away for a little bit later um I think Altera will say I don't really have much other than what we um what, what we what we found at the 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 scene um yesterday I um you know I I wanted to uh to tell you guys um something uh yesterday when when we got there and I um I had this this vision um and we, we really didn't have a lot of time yesterday to talk about it, but I thought maybe I should tell you a little bit more. Um, there was, and he kind of goes into a little, he doesn't describe the whole thing, but he, he gives a little more description about the the boats and the specific man and the like mm -hmm. sense of invasion type of feel. Mm -hmm. um, and then when he's done explaining, he just kind of shrugs and is like, I, I, I don't know if, that's helpful at all, but I um, just, just just thought you should know. All right. Okay then. Sorry. It's not no, very I helpful. Just, I just don't know what to do with that information yet. Um, and I'm not sure we want to tell Silverson that. Although no, he can probably, probably not more from it than I can. Maybe. Is there going to be any more sharing of information inside this restaurant? No, I don't believe so. So with that, I'm going to speed up things a little bit here. I'm assuming you pay the bill for the beer 
and the mm-hmm. loaded fries. Uh, tip, I'm assuming, is... Uh, generous. Generous yeah. for poor make Ashley. Sure, make sure yeah. to tip very well. Yeah, yeah. She she, she makes... She, that that should help poor Ashley out for, with, with seeing yeah, something. I just... I actually throw a 50 on the table. Perfect, perfect. That covers more than enough for it. Big spender over here. Can I actually, um... Like, ask for a to-go box to put the... Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Chester's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, y'all didn't touch these at all. Let me go ahead and get a to to go box for you, brother. And he goes ahead and he grabs it and he grabs like a to to go box. It's like a foam to go box and stuff like that. And he's like, there you go. You know, I hope you have a good time and, and, and all this stuff like that. You know, carry on. So yeah. And you all make your way out. And Madeline, you're on the bike. Arms crossed, I'm assuming. Yep. And you all see Madeline just sitting there, arms crossed on the bike. What time is it? It is currently ballpark 7.30. Okay. Got an hour and a half. You two give me a minute. And with that, we are going to take a quick five-minute break. We will be back at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern. So that gives you two a chance to think about what you're going to say. Because once we get back from this break, we ain't stopping for the rest of the night. So we'll be right back soon. You go ahead and grab some more water, use the restroom, everything like that. And we are back. Thank you for your patience. Bless you all. And we're back. Had to had to stuff our food, stuff our faces a little bit with some food. I had to do the same. Everybody else had to get 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 ready for this next long haul that we're about to be on. So, where we're off, books. You're standing there with your to go, to go box of loaded fries. Altair, you're standing there, and Aaron has asked you to. Well, not asked you to, but looked at Madeline, who's who's essentially in a fuck you attitude, sitting on his bike. Can we talk? Did I say stuff our food with faces? No, but you started to say it. You, you were like stuff our food, and then you you fixed it. I saw the chat, and then I was like, that that that's a West move right there. But yeah, not to not to take the thunder away. But yeah, so there's this um, t- tense air about. Yeah, and I think especially because of Altair and, like, who he is and what he does, he, like, it's very noticeable, it's palpable. And he he kind of looks at books and kind of gestures, like, off to the, the side a little bit and just starts walking in that direction to give those two some privacy. And, yeah, I'll I'll definitely back up. Um, uh, and I, I feel like, um, the five points area, um, the, like the local businesses and stuff, and also the, um, uh, maybe even the, the city itself has like started to crack down more on panhandling and things like that. But mm-hmm. I would like to just try to find if there's like, um, a homeless person or 
panhandler somewhere in five points so yeah um yeah the uh the five points area is is even though they've been cracking down a lot more in panhandling and homeless in the area it's still rife with it um it's still the whole city is rife with it um and it doesn't take far uh you don't have to walk far uh you you out here see books walk off towards the fountain that's in the center of five points um it is out in front of the church, and it is a fountain. Uh, what is described as like an Aesop's Fables kind of joint. It's it's the storyteller telling stories, and it, it is of a goat man with a staff holding his hand up like this, and there are a ring of sculptured animals, frogs, rabbits cats dogs around him as he's telling stories uh it's it's been alluded to that it might be satanic in nature though the sculptures uh designer has said that it is not though the hand position with the scepter and it being like a ram or a goat man does suggest otherwise and you do see books you see a gentleman with Stringy, curly, blonde hair and sunglasses with a coat, and he's leaning beside a cart that he has. And he's just kind of sitting, and he's talking to himself, and he seems to be counting through some things and mumbling to himself. Uh, do you follow Altair? I'm muted. I don't think he, he like, physically follows, but I think he, he tries to keep books just kind of like in his periphery just to make yeah. sure that nothing happens just watching uh books you come upon this guy and uh the guy looks up at you and he's wearing aviator sunglasses he goes uh can can to spare some change there um i um i'll pull out my wallet and just get like a dollar bill out mm -hmm. and then i'll just hand him the fries and the dollar bill I'm like, there you go. Didn't finish my food. You can have that if you like. He gets a big toothy smile on his face. You see he's missing a couple of teeth. He's got one silver cap, and he goes ahead and takes the food and the dollar, and he goes, well, bless you there. Bless you there, Daddy. Thank you so much. You've helped a man out and uh, who's going through some hard times. Bless you. And uh, he opens it up and goes, mm -mm. Black Maca Bog Grill. Kitchen sink fries. And he sits them down. Uh, and books, go ahead and mark a humanity point. Well, I'm jealous. <laughs> what a good guy. And books Altair, you some... take note of that. While that's happening. Yeah. Um, Madeline and Aaron. I lean against the um, building across from her. Mm -hmm. You ever get a little overwhelmed and then just overreact to something and then realize that you were being a giant asshole the next day? I think that'd make you two for two at this point. Oh, oh, okay. Um, do you want to talk about that too then? Because that... Never, no. Okay. <clears throat> I already apologized to Altair. 
No, I'm talking about before. I know you are. It's not. <laughs> Fine, whatever. You want to know why I had a problem? Go right ahead. You ever been locked in a cage before? Yeah. Yeah. Did you think you were going to die? Yeah. Mm, okay. It was my embrace, jackass. Mm, it's every city I've ever been to except for this one so far. Oh, poor little baby. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, maybe it's a little understandable that I reacted the way I did. Stormed out like a five-year-old? Yeah, sure. I've known you a grand total of 72 hours. Mm -hmm. And during that time, <clears throat> you have pretty consistently been an absolute fucking asshole to me. And then been like, oh, I'm sorry, later. And I'm supposed to be fine with it. No, actually, I'm pretty sure I was pretty nice to you right up until that point. And then I apologize for that. And then, what, 24 hours later? Not even 24 And then hours less than 24 hours later, I was a dick to Altair, not you. You were still a dick to me. Okay. You were a dick in general. So I don't know what your fucking deal is. Uh, I am here to find out said deal so I can actually make a decision on you. My deal is that I have been blood hunted in almost every city I have tried to survive in since my embrace. I glance around briefly before I say that, but I don't really care. Nobody around, but Altair, you do see there's some people at a bar down the street that are smoking cigarettes outside, but they're kind of too far off. Um, like if things got heated, you might have to check your volume. And my entire point in coming to this fucking city, which we'll see if that was a good idea based on how this next conversation is about to go, not with you, was to fucking not have to deal with that because I heard Silverson was chill. And then I arrived to this shit show. So, on edge, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit fucking annoyed. Yeah. Warranted? Last night? No. I'm allowed to not like the way you prefer to get your meals. And I'm allowed to not like your fucking attitude. You're right. And... Why am I telling you this? As someone who's been used as a living blood bag before, maybe it hit a little too too close to home. Okay. Well, you got nothing to worry from will. me. And maybe, maybe, as someone who has never been able to trust how people appear to treat me because the true colors always fucking come out, don't they? Maybe I don't give a fuck about being treated like shit and then apologize to and being treated like shit and then apologize to over and over. Fair. <laughs> My feeding doesn't hurt anyone. 
your right. attitude does. Yeah, you're right. Well, I'm not going to say sorry again since it doesn't mean anything, so I'll just have to not be a dick. Never said sorry meant nothing. I just meant sorry doesn't mean shit without mm. action. Oh, I'm sorry. Show me. Okay. I'm assuming you figured out what that grandiose text message was all about. Not a fucking clue, but I assume it has to do with books. Yeah, and us, and presenting the information we found. I'm assuming. Love it. They assume we can solve an entire crime in 72 hours. We should have our own CSI show. Right. It's going to be great. A whole lot of, yeah, we're working on that. I need to take Altair to get his car back. Okay. I left it at the science, whatever. It's called a museum. It had a name. I was trying to remember it. I'm new here. <sighs> Fuck. Um... <clears throat> How did you get here? I rode my bike. You notice there's a sh like a Schwinn over there, just like leaning up against. It's got a bicycle lock on it, attached to just a, a random like bike rack that's there. Okay. <sighs> the caddy draws too much attention, and I can't be seen in my car. Okay. Let's take Altair to get his car. We need to go to where the fuck is this place? Alabama oh. Theater. Yep. Yeah. Alabama Theater. Where is it? It's not far. Okay. And with that, I can meet you there. Okay. And with that, uh, I'm assuming we can speed up time a little bit more here that Aaron is going to take Altair to get Altair's car. Madeline is going to bicycle towards the Alabama theater. And I'm assuming that Altair can come and pick up books. Is that how y'all are going to do this? Bicycle, motorcycle, two people in Altair's car? That works for me. Okay. Unless That's books hard, had yeah. a different way he wanted to get there. I think that that'll work. Um, I think I'll probably just, I'll literally just hang out just on the street where we were and just wait for um, Altair to come back. Got it. Um, so let me do a little bit of narration here. All through the wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff, Aaron, you take Altair to take, uh, to pick up his car. Madeline, you go to ride your bike to Alabama Theater, kind of scoping it out beforehand. Um, it says on the marquee outside, um, and Alabama Theater is, it's, it's a street over 
from 20th Street. It's downtown. It's in the theater district. Uh, there's two theaters in Birmingham that are, are across the street from each other, the Lyric Theater and the Alabama Theater. The Alabama Theater is one of the, like, the most famous ones here in Alabama. Um, there's a Alabama Stop Walk of Fame that has like a bunch of stars that have different famous people like Hank Williams and the sort that are from like, Harper Lee, all of them that are outside of it. And it's an old theater that has been repurposed and utilized to show movie movies and live concerts and things. It's been completely redone, completely repurposed. It's got a big sign that says Alabama on it, on a green field within, and it kind of looks phallic a bit, that lights up. And across the street, there's the Lyric Theater that has Lyric and Cursive, and it's all light, lit up and everything, and they do the same thing across the street. Um, when you all get back together and ride, like, and, and come in your, your different ways, and you pull up in the front of this theater, it says on the marquee outside, closed for a private event. And you can see the same goons that were Prince Silverson's security, but they're not wearing their purple blazers or anything. They just look like normal security guys wearing normal suits are waiting inside. There's doors with the ticket booth, and then there's a lobby area, and they're waiting inside the lobby area for you. Um, do you all walk up together? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. So as you all walk in, one, a security guard that you don't recognize, you haven't recognized from the other night, looks at you all. Um, he's got tattoos on his head, bald-headed guy. He's got tattoos on him. Looking at you all up and down and goes, all right, good. Um, is there any weapons that we should be aware of? No weapons in Elysium, mm -hmm. correct. They're waiting for you. Would you like a snack or a beverage before you go in? That would be lovely, thank you. Um, follow me. And he brings you over. And when you walk into the lobby, there is a staircase that leads up. And you see there's a farther back staircase that leads up to the second floor. There's rich mahogany like mahogany wooden fixtures on the walls and there's a deep red carpet on the floor and you see that there is a concession stand that's brightly lit up that has a popcorn machine and it has snacks and there's also a bar there that has a multitude of liquor and beer and wine and there are two people behind each and they're just looking pleasantly and like get you anything now books to be noted, you were at Humanity 7 before, correct? Yes. You are at Humanity 8 now. So not to break the immersion of the game, but Humanity 8, since you got the Humanity point, you can now roll two dice for a rouse check to use for Blush of Life and take the higher result. Blush of Life allows you to have sexual intercourse and perhaps even enjoy it. The important part with this is that Blush of Life allows you to digest and taste wine and not have a violent reaction to, to, to drinking or eating. Um, as well, there's some other stuff involved as well. Mm -hmm. But there's these two attendants behind, and the security guards are kind of following behind you. 
Uh, and they're like, we have wine, vitae, other snacks for those that are so inclined, if you wish. Do you have any of a refined variety? By refined, what do you mean, madam? Something a bit more like us. Hmm. I'm sure we can find something. Thank you. And for the rest of you? Um... <laughs> Altera will, uh... I think he, you would have noticed him pretty intently listening to the interaction between Madeline and the, um, the attendant. And when they turn to him, he'll just say, um, what she's having is fine. Two. Interesting. They look at Aaron and books. Fine. Thank you. I think I'm also fine for now. Excellent leans over and whispers to the other attendant. Both of these are very androgynous looking attendants. They're 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 wearing like the classic movie theater outfit with the black bow tie, the red vest and everything. Their their sleeves are rolled up, but they are both completely uh, shaven. Um, no hair for their eyebrows, no hair that you can see on their on their faces. Uh, and they seem ethereal almost. And they turn and they whisper to one, to the other attendant and that attendant goes walks off back the doors swing it's a kind of an awkward moment come back with two like party wine cups that are filled with a thick viscous liquid and they hand it over to Madeline and Altair and they go compliments of the prince your show will be starting soon, and they point towards the doors. Madeline is going to down her beverage quickly, give like a heavy grimace. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Thank you. Of course. And she's you just going to toss the cup. Reduce your hunger garbage. back down to one. You as well, Altair? Yeah, I think when, when Altair drinks it, he, he literally, like, turns his back to the group mm -hmm. and, like, drinks it really fast also. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, makes a little bit of a mess, but he, Slurping. like, wipes yeah. it off. He doesn't really want them to see. Uh, he probably doesn't do a very good job of hiding it, though. One of the security um, guards, probably a new guy, goes, Ugh. You can just hear, like, that, that audible Ugh, kind of noise. Hasn't gotten used to it yet. But you take your cups. Go ahead and reduce your hunger down to one as well down to one or by one uh by one sorry sorry okay by one and you four turn and make your way towards these double doors that are closed but you can hear in the background organ music playing i will open the doors round peepholes you push the doors they're red velvet plushed doors you push open and you can hear organ music playing a little bit louder and when you walk in, you see multiple people dressed somewhat nicely, sitting periodically, sporadically in these seats. The Alabama Theater, when you walk in this theater, is 
is on a slight incline leading down towards the stage. There are boxes dotting along, three boxes of three floors, and there's a balcony above your heads. You can see there's also a balcony above that as well, all leading towards the proscenium arch, which is engraved wood that has been painted gold of cherubs and other accoutrement of animals that are related to Alabama. And in front of it, you see a excellent looking red organ of sorts that is in the middle of the stage and you see there are chairs around it where the primogen council are all sitting around and back turned you can see prince silverson playing the notes that you hear right now on the organ seems very engaged to it and everyone is quiet, everyone is focused on the performance. And there are, the security guards walk behind you and they go, you are in our VIP section, you four. And they walk you down to the very front where there are four seats that have been roped off and said reserved. Do each of you sit? Yes, and Madeline is going to sit between Aaron and Altair. Excellent. So we have Aaron, Madeline, Altair books, I'm assuming. Before I sit down, I'm just going to take a look around behind us once we get down there. <laughs> I was going to ask the same thing, yeah, just to see who else was around. When you look behind you, you see that the people that were wearing very nice clothes are indeed not people at all, but are mannequins that are sitting in the seats. All engaged into looking. Just staring. Well, that's alarming. And at, at that that's what's going to cause Madeline shit. to look back and just go, fucking Malkavians. <laughs> Some fucking Uncanny Valley shit. All right. I'll sit down. Altair looks a little hurt. <laughs> he sits down. As, yeah, no, Madeline didn't try and hide that. So. <laughs> As all four of you sit down, Silverson turns, flips, looks over, steps up, and the organ starts lowering down below the stage, and he steps up on the stage from it and turns to the four of you and goes, My dear, dear investigators, Thank you all for being here. A very special Elysium held just for you. I hope you don't mind our audience. They are going to be watching this evening, but I can, I can attest that they are a very loving and giving audience. Is that not right? And over speakers, you can hear a laugh track going. When the organ lowers fully below the stage, you see behind you, behind it, the Primogen Council all sitting in chairs, very nice, like, wooden chairs backed, each of them. And they're each there, their whip standing behind them, except for Carson Collier, who is on the left-hand side of a giant stone 
an iron throne that has iron weaving through it. It, it seems like it is, it is stone that has been lumped together and has taken the iron bars and twisted around it to make some sort of chair, and it looks mighty uncomfortable. And Carson Collier is wearing a suit, no tie, unbuttoned, and his cheeks against his pale white skin are stained pink beneath his eyes, and he's just looking at the four of you with dead eyes. As it stands out that he is one of the few primogen on this council that does not have a whip standing behind him. And you do see Sheriff Jada Velasco that is in the right hand, the stage right wing, standing, waiting, arms crossed, scanning the crowd, scanning you. Alexander Silverson says, he holds his hands out and he goes, We're here in a state of emergency with the, each of you bringing some very, very important information and some evidence that has been graciously given to our very own Seneschal, Primogen Reuters. Very smart of you. Excellent job, Aaron. I knew I could count on you. But before we get into all of this, books, would you come to the stage, please? Okay. Um, yeah, I get up and kind of awkwardly walk over there. You walk to the edge of the stage. There's steps that are leading up. And he's like, come, come, come. Towards the center of the stage. And he stands and he smells of, of lavender and, and, and perfume. And he, he, like, extends his hands out towards you. Not in, like, an embrace kind of gesture, but in, like, a, like, come stand, like, here in the middle beside me. And you stand right here. For those of you that don't know or were not at Elysium a few nights ago, Books is the newest member of our city, of our family. Not knowing who made him, who brought him into this place, Books has come before us with a decision to make. Books, knowing what you know of how we live, of those of the blood, before your coterie in the Primogen Council of Birmingham, Alabama, the Iron City, where which the ivory tower reigns. Do you accept your place amongst our society? Yeah, we're good. And he smiles, large smile. And you're seeing Silverson for the first time without, without well, he's got stage makeup on, but he's got white hair that's slicked back, uh, close cropped on the sides and the backs, and you can see the lines in his face. And he seems like a kindly old gentleman. He's got a mustache, um, and he's wearing like a, a, a tuxedo that is that, that he's dressed for the Oscars, essentially. And he goes, excellent, Ex excellent. And you can hear some clapping from behind and everything. 
And then there's cl- clapping piped over the speakers from the audience and some cheering. He goes, now there is a next step that we have to do. There are traditions that you must follow when you are within these borders. All you have to do is say, I accept. The first tradition, the masquerade. Thou shalt not reveal thy true nature to those not of the blood. Doing such shall renounce thy claims of blood. Do you accept? I accept. Excellent. Two, the domain. Thy domain is thine own concern. All others owe thee respect while in it. None may challenge thy word while in thy domain. Do you accept? I accept. The third tradition. Thou shalt only sire another with the permission of thine elder. And he gestures towards himself. If thou createst another without thine elders leave, both thou and thy progeny shall be slain. And he looks out towards the coterie. Do you accept? I accept. And then Carson goes, do we have to go through all this right now? And then Silverson holds up his hand. Excellent. The fourth tradition, the accounting. Those thou create are thine own children until thy progeny shall be released, as are you now. Thou shalt command them in all things. Their sins are thine to endure. Do you accept? Uh, I accept. Excellent. The fifth tradition, hospitality. Honor one another's domain. When thou comest to a foreign city, thou shalt present thyself to the one who ruleth there. He gestures to himself again. Without the word of acceptance, thou art nothing. Do you accept? I accept. The last tradition. Thou art forbidden to destroy another of thy kind. The right of destruction belongeth only to thine elder. Only the eldest among thee shall call the blood hunt. Do you accept? I accept. Were there any of these that you had any questions about books? Nope. With the power invested in me by the great state of Alabama and the Primogen Council of Birmingham, Alabama, I welcome thee, books, and to kindred society, neonate. And then there's some claps piped through and the Provision Council are clapping. Excellent. You did so well, Books. I'm so very proud of you. I was really shaky there in the middle. We had an interruption, but it was great. You, you ran with the improv. It was excellent, excellent. Now, all three of you, well, the rest of you, you can come up on stage. I will take my place, and then we can get on with the rest of this. Carson goes, hey. thank fucking God. Great, great. Um, Aaron glances down mm-hmm. for a second. Um, at, if I'm reading this right, uh, Madeline's hand, which is gripping his very tightly through that entire thing. Mm-hmm. Just kind of looks at her for a second. And the second she notices, she, she yanks it back. 
Steve gets, gets up. Silverson moves towards the throne, the stone and iron throne, and sits on it. And he crosses his legs and he leans into it. After you two. Madeline's sure. going to walk up. Just no fuss about it. Just walk straight up and walk over to him. Just evening. Good evening. And the Primogen Council all nod at you as well. Silverson goes, and he, and he leans forward. Two nights ago, you were charged with investigating the murderer known as Tombstone for crimes that he made of breaching the masquerade, the first tradition, as well as countless others. In these past two nights, there have been another attack. Damn right there has been. Carson says. Carson, please. In that time, there's been another attack. I know some evidence has been given to our very own Primogen Reuters, the Seneschal of the city. But I'm asking you, with what we know already, what have you discovered about this tombstone? Together, as Coterie. Uh, if I may, not enough yet. With all due respect, sir, it's been 72 hours. I don't even think good old Elliot Stabler works that fast. And this killer is going at a breakneck speed. You might need to call Guinness. We're doing the best we can, but if he's moving that fast to be able to create elaborate murder scenes every night, He's going to out himself in time. We have leads. We have, we're looking into some stuff. We got information from Liner. Uh, we've reached out to some contacts, found the stake that was used, had some markings that I recognized. I reached out to some people I know to identify them. Obviously passed on some evidence that we found at the scene that didn't seem like it should go through police channels over to your Seneschal. There's a few other things. Um, some, I started connecting some dots. It seems to me like there's a really damn good chance this is more than one person. Uh, they each kind of stare at you kind of blankly and uh, Vix Bernhardt the Toreador Primogen raises their hands and goes what makes you think that there's more than one of them? Working too quickly too elaborate shit I don't know many people who could string up someone on a sign by themselves and if they did it by themselves, they sure as shit didn't do it in a less than 24-hour period. Car signs. The fact that the person that we ID'd as potentially having assaulted... Is Laszlo there? Laszlo is not there. Okay. Uh, your um, Nosferatu whip, probably not the same person who strung up our friend... Carson goes, Ian was found 
on a mountaintop strung up to a sign. Within an hour of me last seeing him. Downtown in Birmingham. And you mean to tell me that someone grabbed him from a secure office downtown where there was a convenient fire that happened, took him, stripped him, flayed his flesh off, pulled his lungs through his back, and carved runes into him. In an hour. With all due respect, sir, many of us have the ability to look like whoever we damn well please. There's a high possibility you didn't even see him when you saw him. I would imagine this much is common knowledge to you. Silverson speaks up again. Is there any evidence that it is kindred, kind, or whatever else? I wouldn't put much faith in it being kind, but I would put faith in it being something other than kindred. I think if it was kind, we'd have a bigger problem on our hands. I don't think they would have left him where we could find him. Do you think werewolves did it? Carson. No. <clears throat> Again. To be honest, those filthy him. mongrels don't have the brains for it. They sure as shit had the brains to attack a downtown office where we were running experiments, though. Exactly. They attack. That's all they do. This had precision, care, planning, and most of all, a very smart mind to pull it off. Especially with how much evidence was left to be intentionally discovered. Werewolves do not have that capability. It wasn't werewolves. What's your relationship with the Thin Bloods in the city? The Thin Bloods in the city? Yes. Well, I guess Grace Wilmington, Bruja, Primogen speaks up and goes, We care for our, our, our Thin Bloods here. We, we're not like... New York City or any of those other places along the lines that toss them to the wayside, thin bloods or caitiffs, gestures towards you, Aaron. There's plenty of blood to go around in Birmingham. There's no reason for us to cast anyone aside. And then, um, Carson Collier goes, that's damn well a fucking lie and you know it. And then Grace goes, Carson, please, you wouldn't know anything about that living in your little office space like that, playing with your toys. He goes, you shut your fucking mouth. Silverson holds up his hands. I'm going to look to my primogen. Hannah. Just... Hannah. What's the take here? For the most part, we keep up on the level with Thin Bloods. But... And being a city, some of our more eccentric full bloods don't take kindly to thin bloods. So standard as usual, and it is within the purview that the abuse of thin bloods could lead to negative action. It has always been within my purview to make sure that if you are kindred and you present yourself to me, then you have a place here. No matter what those devils that hang out around the industrial center say, those, those, those 
miscreants on motorcycles. Hannah, we're of the lower clans. We know better than anybody just how this shit goes. No offense, other primogen. I... And, and they look towards Silverson and go, with all due respect, Prince, what Madeline is saying is true. We see it on the ground all the time. Well, that just... That just won't do. That just won't do at all. Do you... So... Sorry, sir. Continue. I was just... If you have something to say, say it. The floor is yours. Some of the evidence we picked up implied, but we're not sure yet, looking into it, that whoever this tombstone is, is either thin blood or working with them. Maybe using them. It would certainly give them certain advantages over you. Especially if you have a heavily disenfranchised group amongst the city. Do you know how many there are here? <laughs> and Carson laughs. Yeah, that's what I thought. Don't you kind of see where the fucking problem is with that, sir? Reuters speaks up and goes, It's actually something that I was working on. It's what I wanted to speak with books about. Working on. But you don't know. Not currently. No. But I would just like, I would like to point out, if I may, if I may, just while we're being honest and open with all of our evidence to each other, I feel like we are being led down a path of trying to find a problem that was created by the people in this very room, whether intentionally or not. So I do feel that the resolution of this problem does not lie entirely on four people who just came together trying to figure out what the fuck to do in 72 hours and lies more with the people in charge that have the actual ability to make it better around here. With all due respect. The people on the ground can do what we can to affect change, but if the people in charge don't get off their lily white asses, then nothing will actually change. Altair, do you agree with Madeline? Oh, gosh. I think when he's put on the spot like that, he, like, instantly just, like, freezes. Just, like, any sort of, like, fake breathing he might have done is just, like, gone. He's just, like, completely frozen. You don't and... have to answer them, Altair. They know it's true. Books? Aaron? Yeah. So what you're saying to us currently, this council, is that the four of you have gathered evidence that leads to maybe there's potentially more than one killer. Probably thin-blood in nature, or another marginalized group that are trying to rise up against us elders here in town for a fair shake. Though, with the time frame that you had, and the things that were happening, you did not have enough time to gather more evidence as such, but there are wheels in motion, and you think you're coming across more things. Is that correct, Books? That is correct. 
And you think that it would be much more sufficient if we got off of our asses and did the work ourselves instead of putting reliance on four people who had no knowledge of each other until that evening. And one of you that is not from here. And one of you that did not have any idea of what they were up until this point. I, to correct your assessment, I am all fine and well gathering evidence helping you find the information that you need. But if this is indeed the Thin Bloods and it is indeed a situation of the disenfranchised, there is little we can do other than put folders on your desk. It will be on you to actually fix this. Not wrong. They all look at each other. I'll stack folders a mile high on your desk, but the killing won't stop until you all take action. And I don't mean just chopping off the head of the first person you think did it. So what do you think we should tell the other kindred of this city? I think, if you do want my opinion still, sir, the Thinbloods need public protection and acceptance. Immediately, if not sooner. I think they need to be given absolution for anything they may have done out of anger at their lack of position. And we see if the killing stops. Aaron's just kind of staring at her. Yeah, I think I am also. If they're given the ability to have safety and thrive instead of just survive, maybe the problem solves itself. And nobody has to die. Madeline. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to make either a compos- composure or resolve. You choose. And leadership check. All right. With a two dice bonus. Eight successes. Silverson looks at you, four. Looks at Collier. Looks at each of the Primogen Council. Looks at Velasco. And goes, well, did I tell you or did I fucking tell you? And he stands up and he goes, that is exactly what I want to hear from the four of you. Yes, sir. It is no secret that we here of this council have gotten weak and lax in the recent years of how we handle things, because we haven't had to experience much since the siege that those cursed boogeymen put on our city a couple decades ago. Since then, we have seen other cities have multiple issues. New Orleans, Atlanta, New York City, Bowling Green, Kentucky even, Los Angeles have issues, uprisings, changes in government. And we don't want that to happen here. So that's why, based on the evidence that you've provided with us and the information that you brought towards with us, the four of you are going to be a task force of sorts. 
you're going to hunt down this tombstone killer or killers, bring them to justice. Also, with your distinct makeup of those new and old in this city, you will be ambassadors of sorts between us and the kindred, all kindred of this city. On that, you will be provided a domain in an area of your choosing, given borders and hunting grounds for you to feed upon. You shall have everything under my disposal to bring this nefarious person or persons to justice. A question, if I may. Of course. What if justice just looks like forgiveness? And then you hear Carson laugh. I didn't ask your fucking opinion, Carson. Silverson goes. Then it shall be upon the four of you to decide. Thank you. But know this. If you find who does these things you bring them to justice and the killings continue there shall be repercussions agreed we'll be certain and you don't get to run around half cocked like dirty harry firing a gun into the sky doing whatever you want you still have to follow the traditions you have to maintain the masquerade and you respect the dividing lines of each of the people behind me and to the beside of me, their domain. Of course, lines. we're not filthy anarchs. Good. My god, I was at least raised proper. <sighs> Is there anything else I can help you with? No. Free reign to do what we need is what we need. To interrogate and question anyone who you need to be, including myself and everyone else on this council. Carson goes, oh, don't you think we've had enough? Carson, if you speak out again, I shall have your hands. I have never been more clear in my commands. I make a wits and insight roll on Carson. Please roll wits and insight on Carson. Ooh. Five. Carson looks genuinely distraught. He looks like he has had the roughest time since last night. And he seems pissed off, he seems angry, and he seems like he wants something done immediately. And he is also glaring daggers at books right now. Yeah, I have a question. Of course, Aaron. What if that, and what permission do we have to deal with people who get in our way in our investigation? I would say, do as you see fit within reason. I would like to clarify mm. in tower terms what my associate is saying are you prince silverson 
granting us right of destruction over the domain of this investigation. And you kind of hear like a from some people in the Primogen Council. And Silverson smiles at you. And he goes, if need be, go absolutely apeshit. Thank you, sir. My apologies. I prefer to have things in Camarilla terms. It helps make it crystal clear. Do I appreciate it. I just turn and look at Carson. Carson stands up and he goes, that is the most. And he goes, Carson, no, 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 no. You have been speaking for too long, running things like this for too long. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's just a circus. And I'm fucking tired of it, man. Hey, pretty boy. And I'm going to roll intimidation. Okay. Go ahead and roll. Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll. Manipulation. Whew, manipulation and intimidation. Thanks. I'm going to rouse the blood first. Okay. That's a success. All right. While he's doing that, um, and if you want me to roll stealth for this, I, uh, Dex and stealth for this, I will. Uh, Madeline is reaching into her pocket. Uh, yes. Do roll Dex and stealth. Five successes. Five. And I continue. Shut the fuck up like you were told, or I'm going to walk over there and rip your fucking jaw off. Eleven successes. Eleven successes. Your hand slips in and grabs whatever you mean to. Mm-hmm. And Carson stops and looks manic, looks wild, looks like the end of, uh, what is, is it, the network? Or, um, but it's the, I'm mad as hell and I don't care who, yeah. And he, he looks wild, like an animal trapped in a cage. And he looks unhinged. And he stops and he goes, Alex, are you going to let him talk to me like that? Just told me I could. Sit down. And he's looking around at the rest of the Primogen Council, and each of them are, like, not making eye contact with him. And he goes, You're all just... You're all just letting this happen? You're just letting him do whatever he wants? It's our right. One of investigation. One of you was strung up like an animal to sacrifice. And this is what this is your answer? And you see that he is crying now. There's blood tears coming down. He goes, "In all the years that I have been a part of this council and in this area, I have never Never seen something like this. And it's going to be the death of all of us. And you're going to let this fucker lead the charge. Who did he point to when he said that? Pointed at Aaron. And he goes, One moment. Passed my rouse check. Um, the hand that's in my pocket, I have activated feral weapons. Okay. And grown out claws. And I am rushing him to grab him by the throat. All right. Go ahead and make a dexterity and athletics check, please. Or dexterity and brawl, please. I take... They're not athletics. 
Oh, athletics. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, 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 sorry. Good, because I, I have a bonus in that. Yeah. Aaron, One what are you doing? step forward. Okay. And then she rushes him, and I just step back. Seven successes. Seven successes. Okay. Altair, books, are you doing anything? Uh, no, absolutely not. Altair is completely frozen. <laughs> He's just like, no, please don't fight. <laughs> okay, so seven successes, but you win ties. Yeah, and I had a couple criticals. Couple criticals, yeah. And so he, go- you go with your your feral weapons, and he's so focused on Aaron that he goes to like. It's very quick. Like, books, it's very quick. You go to grab him, and he grabs your wrist, and then you go to, like, grab under that hand, and he takes his other hand and grabs the other wrist, and then you move around. It's it's like a John Wick fight for, like, a, like three seconds, where it's like, like, his fangs are completely bared out, and, like, you do, like, a couple of stuff, and then you finally grab his arm, twist it under, bring it down, and you bring your claws right to his neck. I'm going to have my clothes there and go, for the last fucking time, you are impeding investigation, and I will wear your voice box for a necklace if you don't calm the fuck down and get out of our way. And he's, like, not looking at you, and he's, like, like, he, like... He, there's no air or anything like that, but he's breathing hard, and there's just dripping noises. It's gone completely quiet in the room. There's dripping noises from, like, the blood tears falling on the ground. And he just, like, looks up at Silverson, and Silverson... I'm still looking dead at mm-hmm. him, but just... My prince, I will only do what is a benefit to this city. And if that includes burying this motherfucker in front of me right now. I will do it if it makes your city a better place. I hope you understand. Carson says, Alex. And Silverson looks at you, Madeline, and goes, let him leave. He needs to grieve. I'm going to shove him by the throat across the stage and step back. And he falls, he collapses. And he kind of slides across the, the, the waxed floor of the stage. And then he, like, gets up. And he looks around the room. And he goes, You better hope you don't fuck up. All four of you better hope you don't fuck up. Or what? And he just walks off stage, towards backstage. And there's a quiet, tense moment. And then Silverson says, Well, how about we talk about domain lines? And that is where we are going to call our episode for this evening. I would like to thank each of you for sticking around and watching us and um yeah things got a little bit heavy there at the end but now uh if you couldn't tell before uh we did not pick domains because i wanted it to to kind of go about through this but the coterie has 
seemingly passed a test of sorts. So now, uh, next episode, I'll be talking with them about domains and about like how they want to build up their domain in different areas. I'm going to provide them different areas, and then we'll see uh, which one they choose next episode. And we're going to do a bit of a time jump towards that. So we're going to be talking immensely with each other and like getting 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 together and seeing uh, what the next steps is.